0: Well, I want to say good evening to everyone joining us tonight, Wednesday night, the 12th of May, um, for our sorry, Wednesday night service. I'm sure everyone is anxious for an update on Brother John's uh, situation. Um, I'll tell you, honestly, we got the scare when we, Brother John just went into, into the hospital, and the nurses involved with this condition called his family and says, you need, you need to get all these documents ready because um, things don't look good. When the doctor spoke to the one of the boys, the doctor also said um, from the looks of it, he's not coming home. And so it scared us, but you know, uh, God is in control and If it is time for Brother John to go, then he'll go, and there's nothing you and I can do about it. But if it is not time to go, which God appoints the time for his children, then God will work at his own time and in his own way. Anyways, um, we ask everyone to pray, and I want to tell you that the first report that I got uh, when um, things were getting really scary was from Brother John himself. He called me from the hospital, and he said, "Brother Singh, I just want to talk to you." What scared me a little bit was then when he we were finished talking for a little bit. You can see he was panting for breath, and he said to me, "He says, you know, I'm I'm sick, and that's not like Brother John. He never admits that he is sick, but he says I'm sick. He says my my lungs are not doing well. Um, I'm." struggling to breed he says but I'm I'm fine he says I'm okay and then before he left he says goodbye brother Singh and that was something that stayed in my mind Uh, there were many reasons that uh, sort of bothered me well we see him struggle through one thing after the other And the last report I've had, which I didn't post as yet on Facebook, was like five minutes ago. Uh, One of the boys sent a message to me and said that Brother John is doing as well as could be. Um, He is recovering wonderfully, and he talked to him. And he wants to say thank you to me, his pastor, uh, for being there for him. And he wants to say thank you to all the saints, not only here in Canada, but around the world, who, have, who were praying for him during this period of time. So that's five minutes ago. Brother John wants me to tell everyone, the ministers and the saints, specifically ministers and saints around the world, who have prayed for him. He appreciates our prayers, and he's hoping, by the grace of God, that he'll be out um, before it's all over. So we thank you on behalf of, of this assembly here in Mississauga. I thank you for all your prayers. We've seen God work miracles in the past. And uh, not everyone would get healed, but, but everyone can experience a miracle in their lives, in their life. And so I want to say thank you again on behalf of the family and the saints here. Please continue to pray. Uh, COVID-19, like they have na- nicknamed it, is a tricky little situation. COVID-19 can, uh, can be there one moment and then uh, deteriorate the next moment. People uh, can be almost ready to uh, get discharged and then they have a second attack. We'll pray that God cover every one of us during this period of time. And so once again, I'd like to say thank you for all that you're doing. God has been good, and I would like us to uh, probably at this particular time, we want to get into singing some choruses. We might not spend a long time and see where the Lord leads us in this service. So welcome again. I appreciate all of you joining us tonight. Amen.
1: I have a friend who's in need of A touch from your hand So pinch him and heal him As only you can I'm not asking for myself this time though my request needs an answer divine I have a who's in need of a touch from your hand so touch him in heal him as only an answer divine. I have a friend who's in need of a touch from your hand. So touch him and heal him as only It's so... all that matters, and your will never be the same, there is only one way to touch Him, just believe when you call on His name. all that matters. And your life will never be the same. There is only one way to touch Him. Just believe
0: Shall we pray? Uh, Please join me in prayer. Dear Father, we want to thank you tonight for your goodness and your grace. Lord, lots of times we fail to understand your working, Lord. And we fail to realize that when your word says all things work together for good, and that would include good things and bad things. To them that love you and are called according to your purpose. Lord, give us comprehension. When our mind and our brains fail to comprehend, let our spirits accept what you want to work in our lives, Father. Tonight, in a special way, we appreciate you keeping Brother John with us up to this moment. We thank you for his faithfulness over the years. And we pray, O oh God, and ask you, Lord, if it is your will that you'd give him a few more years ahead of him, that he can be even more faithful and dedicated. God, we thank you for this man. And we pray, Lord, tonight that you would stretch forth your hand and touch him and strengthen him and strengthen his faith, Father. O oh Lord, we'd like to see him back with us. And this is what we beseech you for, Father. In Jesus' wonderful name. We thank you, Lord, for every one of your children, oh God, around the world that have gone through this experience of coming so close to a disaster in their lives. But you have been faithful and we thank you for your faithfulness tonight, Father. In Jesus' wonderful name, amen and amen. Tonight, I want to take my time and talk to you a little bit here. And I remember the scripture that came into my mind. Uh, we have used it in about three services, one after the other, and it is this scripture found in Luke's Gospel, uh, chapter 22 of Luke's Gospel, where Jesus is having a conversation with Peter. And the Lord said here in verse 31, uh, as a matter of fact, I can back up a little In verse 29, he says, And I appoint unto you a kingdom, as my Father has appointed unto me. It is very important that we understand some of these statements that Jesus is making here in the Gospel of Luke. He says that you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom, and sit on thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. So we know there is to be a kingdom, Uh, The Lord's Prayer says, Thy kingdom come. We know that David was promised a kingdom. And we know that the disciples will be sitting, the disciples of Jesus, will be sitting upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And the Lord said unto Simon, verse 31, He said unto Simon, that is Simon Peter, He said, Simon, Simon, behold Satan, Or the adversary Has desired Or the margin says obtain you By asking He is requested In other words If I can read this right He is required to have You that he may sift You as wheat The devil wants To work have permission From the Lord to Sift Peter as wheat Now you might say well How come uh, the Lord is giving the devil permission? Well, you hold your finger in the 22nd chapter of Luke's Gospel and turn back with me to the book of Job. And uh, right in the first chapter of the book of Job, and let me mark these pages, in the very first chapter of the book of Job, and it is suggested that this is one of the oldest books in the Bible. Uh, It deals with a period of time that was prior to anything else. I don't know, I'm just telling you what it was said. And it says here in chapter 1 and verse 1, there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. That man was perfect. As far as God was concerned, he was perfect and upright and one that feared God and a shrewd evil. And he had seven sons and three daughters, verse two, and he had a lot of wealth, his substance, also was 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, and a very great household, and that it means of servants and people working for him, So that this man was the greatest of all the men in the East. In other words, he was one of the wealthiest men alive in that period of time. And he had sons and daughters that were not as committed and dedicated as Job was. And it says here about his sons and daughters. They were feasting in their own houses. And I want to skip through that. And I want to come to verse 6. It says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. I personally would like to think that these were angelic beings, the sons of God here were angelic beings that came to present themselves before God. And Satan. This adversary, this one that was in rebellion, whether you want to call his name Lucifer or the devil or Satan or that old serpent or the dragon, whatever you want to call him. He's called the adversary here. He came also among these beings that were presenting themselves before God. I'm convinced that these were angelic beings. So we're not dealing with that subject tonight. But... Um, There is only so much we can speculate He says And the Lord said unto Satan The Lord He spoke first Whence comest thou? Verse 7 And whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and says From going to and fro in the earth And walking up and down in it He says I'm coming from the planet earth So I believe when he made this statement He is Galavanting, he's walking up and down the earth. Uh, It was already inhabited in the earth, and Satan came uh, maybe to make some accusations before God. And it says here, and the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? Now God knew he considered, he knew what was going on with Job and how the devil tried to destroy Job. He says, Has thou considered my servant Job that there is none like him in the earth? And God said, A perfect and an upright man, one that feared God and a shrewd evil. Now, God's conclusion for Job is that he is a perfect man. And that's how God sees things. And I pray every day that God will give me that kind of thinking That when I look at individuals, I don't see the obstacles in their lives. I don't see their flaws and their faults. I see, like Henry Ford, I think, says, take your eyes off the obstacle and put it on the goal. I see the possibility that lies ahead for these individuals. A person might look like a beggar or a loser or a defeated individual. I'm asking God that God would help me to see the potentials in that individual rather than the the failures and the defeatist attitude, even if the attitude is negative. And so I'm praying that God would help me to think that way. And I think I'm doing fine so far if I tell you that in my life I don't have enemies. I have people that I would prefer them not to speak uh, because every time they, they open their mouth is criticism and condemnation to somebody else. I prefer they would be quiet. And I'm so glad I'm not God. So I can, you know, shut off mouths. Turn off ears. Control people. But unfortunately, I can't do that. God allows what is existing to exist. Because he has always a plan. And so... The Lord said to Satan, he says, Hasn't I considered my servant Job? He's a perfect and upright man. Now, when God was making this statement, God knew that in the spirit that Job had, in Job's spirit, it, there was a need for maturity and perfection. It is very, very strange, and I've got your finger in Luke, right? And I've got your finger here in Job, And I want to jump over here to John's Gospel. In the Gospel of John, chapter 15, and I am going very slow tonight. I'm trying to slow down. See, I have allergies, and when I go too slow and I get too comfortable, then I cough. Here in in John, the 15th chapter, uh, Jesus made a statement here. As he closes off the 14 chapter, he says, Hereafter, verse 30, Hereafter I will not talk much with you, for the prince of this world cometh. Uh, the devil was called here the prince of this world. Jesus says, you know, you'll see me quiet for a little bit here. He says, and the prince of this world will come, and he had nothing in me. I wish I would come to the day... When God would uh, put me in a place where when the devil comes, he does not find, find any bit of my fallen nature or my fallen flesh coming to the surface. I look at the Bible and the Bible is full of beautiful examples. And I've said it before, some of the examples are wonderful examples with good things to copy. But some of the great men of this Bible had human flaws And human weaknesses, that is not worth the while copying. And it is important, Paul told Timothy. He says, Timothy will, he told Timothy, uh, he told the church at Corinth. He says, Timothy, I will send unto you Timothy. He says, be followers of me. For this cause have I sent unto you Timothy. Who will bring you in remembrance of my ways, which be in Christ. Now, Timothy was a disciple of Paul. He was a a student of the apostle Paul. And he walked with Paul. He understood Paul. He saw Paul's, the days when he was up. He saw the days when Paul was down. He knew his weaknesses, but he saw the good. And he focused only on the good. And Paul told the church at at Corinth, he says, when this young man come, he'll bring you in remembrance of my ways, only the ways which be in Christ. Uh, If I'm arrogant, he wouldn't bring that way to you. If I'm self-righteous, he wouldn't bring that to you. If I'm humble, he'll bring that to you. If I'm spiritual, he'll bring that to you. So Timothy was representing Paul in in standing uh, going to Corinth to uh, let the people be able to understand what Paul was like a little more, so they can be followers of Paul as they looked at look at the life of Timothy, and the church at Corinth had that problem, and so uh, we look here. Jesus said here, he said, "The prince of this world cometh, and hath nothing in me." But you know, when Paul uh, come to the end of he came to the end of his life. This lesson is important. Listen to me. Paul, for 35, almost 40 years, uh, he had lived on this earth. And he was striving to reach that place of maturity. Paul himself said in Philippians, the third chapter, he says, He says, I've not yet apprehended or taken a hold of that which the Lord has apprehended me for. Here was a man telling you how wonderful he is. Uh, That which was gained to him in that third chapter of Philippians, he says, I count but dung that I might win Christ. Uh, Paul made a lot of sacrifices. uh, But as a Pharisee, he had given the the spirit and attitude of the Pharisee up uh, just to be uh, following Christ. He says, I count all things but lost that I might win Christ. Now uh, you see, it's a beautiful thing to see examples that we can copy after. Paul was a remarkable example. But then Paul says, "I've not yet apprehended that which the Lord has apprehended me for." But he says this one thing I do: forgetting the things which are behind, and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize. Of the high calling of God. He was not shooting just to be in the kingdom. And get a piece of land like I am shooting for. I just want to be in the kingdom. You see, but when I get a full revelation of how glorious it is. To be in the governing body and administrative body of Christ. This earth is not the end of your existence. I had not seen, Paul said, nor ear heard. Neither has it entered into the heart of man The glorious things that God has prepared for them that love him So now we see through a glass darkly But there's coming a time when we will see face to face And see the reality of God's promises And so Paul, he worked on that And he, had, he was persecuted, he was shipwrecked uh, There were so many things that happened to Paul And then he came to the end of his life And when he was writing the last epistle to Timothy, in 2 Timothy chapter 4, he says, I am now, there was a time I've not yet apprehended, I did not apprehend, but he says now, he says, I'm now ready to be offered. You see, I'm, I can't say that, I have a far way to go, Uh, but Paul reached to that end and he says, I've now, I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight. I'm still fighting mine. He says, I have finished my course. I don't know what lesson I am in my course. He says, I've kept the faith. I can't say that. When I'm looking around for myself, it's easier to look at other people and find out nobody's keeping the faith like they should. But I can say I've kept the faith. He says, henceforth, there's laid for me a crown of righteousness. And as I'm looking at this man coming close to the end of his life, uh, he says all these things. He says, Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world and is gone to Thessalonica. Cretans is gone. Titus is gone. At the end of his life, the men who he worked with and who were disciples of Paul forsook him. And that is no strange phenomenon. It's something that happens over and over again. Uh, People that are called to the ministry Rejection Is something that they were uh, Have to come face to face And Paul when he said that Then he goes down there And he made a little statement And I don't want to make Paul Look like a bad guy Because of what he said He came to the end And he says says, Alexander the coppersmith Did me much evil It would have been nice if he says May God forgive him but he didn't. He says, "May God fix his business. Give him just what he deserves." It's like David when David uh, was fleeing, and his son was taking over the throne. David was fleeing for his life, and David came to that point in life that he was leaving. And you know, when you're fallen, when you're when you have fallen, and your you're, something is happening in your life that. You look like you're bad uh, If, uh, you know, something happens negative in your life You'll be surprised to know How many people pick up stones And different sizes of stones Is a representative of their spirit Well, David was on his way out And a man by the name of Shemiai. I think I'm right Shemiai, he started to curse David I don't know what he said. But now David is fleeing. So Shemmei didn't like David from the start. So he's going to curse David now. And you know David said to Abishai says. Uh, my king. Let me go there and take that dead dog's head off. And David has some strong men with him. And Abishai one blow. Will take Shemmei's head off. And David says No. No. God bid him curse me. God is allowing that man to curse me. Let him curse away. But you know, when all of that was over, Absalom was killed, and David had back the throne, and he was there ruling and reigning, and his years came to an end, that little thing was still in his heart. Shammai was still in his mind. And he calls Solomon and he says Solomon there are two guys I want you to take care of One is Joab When I tell him not to hurt my son He killed him He killed Absalom Brought me grief When I went down and I'm crying for Absalom Joab came and he told me Get up you're crying for your enemies And that God's people You're punishing What a way what an audacity Joab who was a great fighter but he had this boldness to challenge a man of God. And when David was about to die, and he was getting old, he called Solomon. He says, remember Shimei." He says, you're a wise man. You can fix his business. And remember Joab? Don't let his hoary head go to the grave in peace. He says, you deal with these men that hurt my feelings. And it tells me that no matter how perfect we try to, to reach there's always that element that can clean us further. And God knows what's there. God knows the what could have happened that did not happen. And evil sometimes we're exposed to, to bring our nature to the surface, our carnal nature is exposed when uh, the devil comes and puts things around us. But when God works in our spirit and we are cleansed, Jesus did not need a cleansing. He was clean. And that is why when the devil comes to Jesus, he couldn't find anything. But if the devil comes tonight to me or to you, and that is justifying me by including you, he'll find a lot he can work with. Moses, 40 years in the wilderness. Remarkable man. Lost all the, the, the attitude and the spirit Of the Egyptian prince And then God sent him for another 40 years In the wilderness To deal with the rebels uh, That he was bringing out of Egypt Full of the Egyptian mentality These people were And Moses was described as The meekest man in all the earth But one day The people They chided They grumbled They complained and they chided that day and they complained and they said, we want water again. We're thirsty. <clears throat> and Moses was so angry. The Bible tells us he smote the rock when God wanted him to speak to the rock. He should have spoken to the rock and water would have coming, would, would come out from the rock. But Moses looked at that rock and he took his rod and hit it. And he smote the rock. Where did that anger come from? That anger in Moses was always there. God had made this man a wonderful man over the years. But there was an element there that the people needed to bring out. That was in Moses. Satan didn't put that there. Satan cannot put that in you. You have that from the day you were born. And Satan brings it out and God cleanses you from that. And Moses smote the rock, and God says, because you smote the rock, you're not going into promised land, Moses. But he understood that God was right. We don't judge God, he judges us. And sometimes we fail to comprehend the, the plan of God, but when you can't trace him, it is a saying out there, when you can't trace him, trust him. He never errs in judgment. He never is perverted, perverting judgment, the book of Job says. and So, when we think about this, uh, Moses had to get that out. And it cost him uh, not going into the promised land. <clears throat> well, each one of us have things in our lives that God must bring to the surface. And here in John, the 15th chapter, it says, "The Prince of this world, Jesus said, comes. And find it hath nothing in me But that the world may know that I love the father As the father give me commandment Even so I do Arise, go, go us, let us go hence And in verse chapter 15 he says I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman In other words, my father is the one that's taking care of this true vine Jesus classified himself as divine And the little branches are symbolic to the disciples of him uh, Of Jesus He says Every branch that is in me that beareth not fruit In other words I believe the fruit here is the fruit of the spirit We are in church to change We are here we accept Christ in our lives To develop his spirit when his spirit is not developed in your life Then you don't really understand the purpose of the church I hold your finger, I got your finger all over But I'll take you back, don't worry uh, Here in Galatians, the, the fifth chapter In Galatians, uh, if I can get it here My Bible is, is giving me a hard time Chapter 5, uh, this is what the fruit is I believe this is what the fruit is It is charity and charity, I believe, envelopes or produces the fruit of the Spirit. It says in verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, genuine love. I told someone the other day that I love with my love. It's not, uh, somebody says, is it agape? <laughs> well, uh, not exactly 100%. Is it filio? Well, not exactly 100%. Is it uh, eros? Well, uh, not, not really. That's why I call it Desmond's love. I'm working towards coming to the place where it can be God's love and full charity. But until that time, I take care of myself. I'm very selfish, more than a generous. Some people see me wonderful, but guess what? I still put me on a pedestal Which is almost competing With God in my life And then he says here The fruit of the spirit The fruit of the spirit If you've got the Holy Ghost You're not having half of these fruit It says not fruits Fruit of the spirit Is love and joy And peace And long suffering And gentleness and goodness, and faith, and meekness, temperance. Again, such there are nine fruit of the Spirit mentioned here. Again, such there is no law. So when the branch beareth fruit, it is this, this nature of Christ coming out in us. If Christ is in us, he is the hope of glory. And when I subdue my carnal spirit, and let the Spirit of Christ reign in my life. I'll see these beautiful uh, characteristics and attributes coming forth out of my life. It's a wonderful thing to have. In, uh, leave Galatians. Come back here to First Corinthians. In First Corinthians, chapter twelve, it, uh, chapter thirteen. Sorry, in First Corinthians, chapter thirteen, uh, Paul is writing about this charity, this the fruit of the Spirit is all enveloped in one word. It's called charity. There are, there are gifts of the Spirit. Uh, there are gifts of the Spirit, and there are fruit of the Spirit. Uh, there are nine gifts of the Spirit, and nine fruit of the Spirit. Uh, the gifts of the Spirit, uh, they are wonderful, and you can look at that in chapter 12. It says, uh, for the Spirit, you have the chapter 12, verse 8. And for to one is given by the Spirit The word of wisdom And we have word of wisdom Word of knowledge uh, We have faith in verse 9 Gifts, 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 gifts Plural Of healing By the same Spirit uh, Then we have working of miracles Same Spirit When you got the Holy Ghost uh, You can have these manifestation of the Holy Ghost Not just a little shake And a little jibber and jabber And everybody goes home sick It says Working of miracles and to not a prophecy and to not a discerning of spirits. Uh, You can stand there and somebody come that has a, a lustful spirit, you can pick it up. Somebody's got an evil spirit, you can pick it up. You can sense that. Then it says diverse kinds of languages, diverse kinds of tongues. And if you don't have that, you might have interpretation. Of those diverse kinds of tongues Uh, The Lord meant to edify us in the church But then better than that When Paul read about all of these wonderful things He says verse 31 in chapter 12 He says covet earnestly the best gifts And yet I show you a more excellent way The more excellent way is not the gifts The more excellent way is charity Or the fruit of the spirit Uh, You can have all the gifts and be lost, but when you have the fruit of the Spirit developed in your life, uh, you'll be equally yoked with Christ. Uh, he He will come back for that. You'll be a part of the bride of Christ. And it says here in verse 1 of chapter 13, Paul says, Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels, and don't have the fruit, don't have charity. I am as it sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Do you know a lot of our churches? A lot of us in churches, we can make a lot of noise and we feel that God is there. That's not so. I'm to put a lesson in on iniquity and it's going to be soon. I'll talk about my concept of iniquity. Anything that's done in the church that's not ordained by God And is man-made and create a facade of God in the church is iniquity I want to deal with that Because if we have iniquity in our church It's an abomination in the sight of God Jesus loves righteousness and hates iniquity Righteousness is to do that which God has ordained Iniquity is to do your own stuff man-made organizations with man-made principles that violates the very principle of god and here in chapter one uh, chapter 13 it says though i speak with the tongue of men and of angels and have not charity i'm become a sounding brass and tinkling cymbal and though i have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries when you have that people respect you I understand all mysteries, praise God. And you have all knowledge. No one is sharper in the scriptures than you are. You have all knowledge. And though I have faith, so you tell a mountain to be removed and it's gone. My God, what a power. If I have all of that, I'll save this whole city. I'll drive away Corona 19. Gone back to Corona 1. Well, guess what? I don't have it The gifts are missing in the church And so people fabricate some gifts He says I have all of that and I, I, So I could remove mountains And I don't have charity I don't have the fruit of the spirit In God's sight you're zilch You're zero It's important that we understand that You know it's easy to preach it it's hard when you have to apply it to your life. What do we have? Uh, we don't have the gifts. Uh, and if we, if we had the gifts and don't have charity, we're still zilch. He says in verse 3, And though I bestow all my goods, now I'm a good guy to feed the poor. I'm giving out money and bread and whatever. And though I give my body to be burned, I'm one of the martyrs. I just got a book of the Fox's Book of Martyrs, uh, the newest edition. And I'm going to read that and go through back all of these men that hazarded their lives because we in North America are so pampered in our hypocrisy and our comfort zone that we have little regard for people around the world that are dying for Jesus Christ. We are pampered. And yet, they don't have the doctrine. Guess what? They have the Lord, not the doctrine. And they have that which motivates them to preach the gospel and to die for it. Not only to live for it, but to die for it. We complain, we are pampered. North America must be judged by God. This coronavirus, all the vaccines will come and it will give you a little peace. And, but something else is going to come. Isaiah says when they run from the, from the snare, they will fall into the pit. I'm not a prophet of doom, yes I am too But um, it might happen It's gonna happen, North America, our luxuries So you see when coronavirus is on there Draw close to God please Don't backslide from the church Listen to the messages Feed on the word of God Don't serve God at your convenience And be qualified as a hypocrite no, saw, uh, uh, Paul went on here He said here is what charity does He says Though um, I give all my goods to feed the poor Though I give my body to be burned And have not charity It profiteth me nothing uh, Charity suffered long and is kind Charity envieth not Charity never vaunts itself And show off It's not puffed up Does not behave itself unseemly Can you see the spirit of Christ there Can you see the spirit of Jesus as I'm describing this? Yes, I see it. It does not behave itself unseemly. It does not seek its own. Uh, It's not easily provoked and it thinks no evil. It does not rejoice in iniquity. Remember that word. It does not praise God when God, all the thing that we are doing is man-made. If our worship that we have organized and set up is not according to what God wants, we are rejoicing in iniquity. A very serious allegation. And Jesus loved righteousness, and he hates iniquity. And today's society, iniquity shall abound. We're coming back to that some other time. He rejoiced not in in, in iniquity, but in the truth. Of God's word, what it does, it bear it all things, believe it all things, hope it all things, and endureth all things, as charity never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail, whether there be tongues, they shall cease, whether there be knowledge, it can vanish away. For now, that we are not in the kingdom, our comprehension is just human. We understand in part we are just understanding a drop in the Atlantic Ocean With our finite minds He says, and we prophesy in part But when that which is perfect, which is the kingdom Shall come, then that which is in part Shall be done away with as Paul says, "Now I'm, uh, now when I was a child I spake as a child I understood as a child But, uh, uh, but though I, I thought as a child but when I became a man, I put away silly, silly childish things. You see, that's what we do today. We come up with silly childish things. You know, when we have Thanksgiving a meeting, we go and cut some grass and put it in there. Ah, that's childish stuff. That is childish stuff. Bring offerings and giving thanks. That's matured stuff. You know, we like to make ourselves happy. Christmas time come We make ourselves happy We are like kids And then Paul then says Now we see it through a glass darkly Our clouded Our vision is veiled But then it comes a time When we'll see face to face Now I know in part But then shall I know Even as I am know He says there are three things here I want to tell you about He says one is faith Hope And the third is charity He said these were wonderful But the greatest accomplishment You can ever accomplish Is to have charity in your life And so we're backing up here to John 15 Uh, John 15 I've got 10 minutes to go I think I'm doing good tonight I I did not even touch the book of Job Properly because that's a big subject That we must get into some other day But here it says here uh, Jesus says I'm the true vine Verse 1 And my father is the, vi- the, the, the vineyard caretaker uh, He's the husbandman Every branch that's in me That beareth not the fruit of the spirit You're still angry You're still hateful You can't forgive people You're caught away with the things of this world Charity is missing The spirit of Jesus is missing in your life All he got is tongues but no fruit he says, "But every branch in me he taketh away. He will remove you if you're not bearing developing spiritual characteristics. He will take you away. And every branch that beareth fruit, here is what he does. This is the strange thing. At the branch that beareth fruit, he purges you. Lord, but I'm bearing fruit. I have a little bit love, I have a little bit long-suffering. I have some of these things in a limited way. The Lord is not satisfied with the limited way. He wants the tree to bear abundantly. And that is the story of Job. The story of Job is a long drawn out story that we can get into. But you know, the Lord told the devil, uh, told Satan, he says, have you tried my servant Job? And Satan says, well, uh, you know, I tried him, uh, but uh, he is you build a hedge around him. The Lord says, okay, I'll move the hedge, but you take your hand and touch him, but I'll move the hedge, but you can't take his life. So Satan went, and all this cattle and camel and sheep and donkeys that Job had, in a day he lost it all. You talk about a man meeting disaster, it all happened in a day. If the Lord spares Brother John And he comes out of that sickness that he's in If he comes out of that or he doesn't come out of that That family would be a stronger family It was so good to have Jason call me this morning And he says Brother Singh I would like to copy your prayer life And he did not know that his brother was going to call me Just half an hour later and ask me of something similar and I said, okay, I tell you, son, uh, here is how my prayer life goes. I said, you want to follow this? Here is what I do. I told Andrew, I said, you have to set an alarm clock that will wake you up. Because if you want to follow my footstep, you must be up early. And then you follow. Don't tell me that coronavirus is not doing something to the family. One of the best givers we have in this church is Jason Moat. I don't see him in church because of the virus, but I see the offerings come in persistently and consistently. He has given more in comparison to the elders of the assembly. And so when God is pruning that individual and in that family, I'm there for them, and the pruning must carry on. And the Lord says, The branch in me that beareth fruit, he purged it. He must purge it. Uh, What the Lord did to to Moses Purged him By using the people there And the negative circumstances And the complaining and the chiding To purge Moses That the anger (coughs) finally came to the surface That's what the Lord did to Paul That's what the Lord will do to every child of God Brother John is a good man And when I hear his voice And he told me Bye brother Singh That tore my heart I'm not a very emotional man when it comes to the public. If you see me cry in public, that's a strange thing. But I hurt deeply in my soul. I love people constantly. You know, God's love is constant. And when he loves, he loves not today and hate tomorrow. No, he loves perpetually. I can't love perpetually because I'm not perpetual. But I love constant. If I love you, I'd love you in spite of you hating me. And to do something wrong, I still love you. You make yourself an idiot, I still love you. You make yourself a fool in tongue. I still love you. My love, I'm developing the love of God that's constant. I might rebuke you, but I still love you. And whom the Lord loveth, he, chasteneth. And that's a wonderful thing to understand. And it says there, the Lord will purge you. And you will bring forth more fruit And that is important So here in Luke's gospel Back in the gospel of Luke Wherever we were in Luke the 22nd chapter This is what we talked about Uh, Satan came to Jesus here And and says "I, I want to have Peter I want to do something in his life So Jesus Unlike Job I wish the Lord would have told Job That Satan is coming on you man But the Lord told Peter, he says, Satan wants to have you, buddy, to sift you. He says, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. The margin says, Satan has had desire to obtain you by asking for you that he may sift you as wheat. He says, but I have prayed for you. The Lord has given Satan permission to come and sift Peter. He says, but I prayed for you that during the sifting... Don't take away the cross. The cross is necessary. Your trial is necessary. You come to me and ask you to pray for for me to pray for you while you're sick. I'll pray if it is the will of God that God will heal you. But if it is not his will to heal you, may he give you grace to endure your chastening, and he might be able to bring to the surface that which is evil. That's what Eliapha said in the book of Job. He says, Happy is the man whom God corrected. And the Lord said to say to, to Peter, he says, But I prayed for thee that thy faith fails not, <clears throat> and when thou art converted. See, conversion is not a come and give my heart to Jesus and say, send despair and I'm converted. No, conversion is a process. It's a daily changing from being a part of the world and submitting to God. It's a daily giving up of the counsel of the ungodly, And dedicating your life to God. It's a life of holiness. That must be activated. It's from 110 power to 220. The volt must be efficiently changed. Uh, The power of God must change your life. And the Lord said unto him. and, And he said unto him. Lord Peter now. You know when we are young. We got a lot of talk. We got a lot of mouth. And Peter said here in verse 33. He says Lord. I'm ready to go with you. Both into prison and to death. And Jesus said, "Oh, I tell you, Peter, Jesus had to deal with all of this immaturity and fickleness. You know, we blame the devil a lot of times when he's just there to do the work of God. He's there to bring your lust to the surface. He's there to bring your carnal mind to the surface. So you can see yourself and make some changes. He, was, he is desirous to destroy you, but Jesus died to save you. And that is something you must remember. Uh, there is something about righteousness and there is something about iniquity. When we follow the principles of God, we will end up righteous. When we follow the principles of man, we will build works of iniquity that will be destroyed, even though we're involved in religion, and we'll talk about that. And so Peter, Jesus said, I tell you, Peter, he says, The cock shall not crow this day before thou, hast, thou shalt thrice deny me uh, that th- Thou knowest me In other words uh, Before the rooster says The cock a little do in the morning He says you're going to tell Three different individuals That you don't know me To save your own skin The process that God is taking us Is important God must strengthen us And we pray for brother John That God will give him the faith And the strength And I'm glad that he didn't have a heart attack And just died But he's going through a process. And to hear his words uh, tonight. uh, Telling me that tell the saints. Tell the ministers. He says, Brother Singh, I want you to know that I appreciate you. And tell the ministers. And all those praying for me around the world. I thank them and I appreciate them. That's a wonderful spirit. I want to say thanks on behalf of Brother John. I'll put that on Facebook again. But um, I want you to know. That this man is being processed. And I appreciate God working in his life. I pray that his faith does not fail. Does it look like his faith is failing? Oh no. His faith is strong. In spite of all that he's going through. And of course. I was told when they asked him. Do you want to go on a ventilator? He says no that kills people. Just give me the oxygen. You know. And. The fatality rate, he judged that. He already knew that. And he didn't want a ventilator. So if he comes out of there, or I should say when he comes out of there, he's coming out because he depended on God to touch him and to help him. And I want you to understand when God is working a process in your life, that he will do the same. Uh, we'll, sometime we'll get into Book of Job and look And how the devil was given permission to plague Job And to bring to the surface That which this perfect man had in his spirit That he didn't know he had But God is good He will save the elect God will save the elect He will purge his people and save the elect And every branch that bared fruit He purged it that it might bring forth more fruit It's nice talking to you tonight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for this amazing time you have given to us. Once again, we want to say thank you, Lord, for helping Brother John and the family. We pray you protect Sister Monica and Jason and Andrew as they they deal with this situation in their lives. Lord, your perfect will is something that we must accept. Oh, Lord, and we pray that you'll strengthen Brother John and strengthen his faith. Let his faith fail not, Father, but he will trust you right down to the end. Oh, God, we bless your name and we honor you. Let your words tonight sink in our hearts and save us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.